Lindsay. We're going to be in the third chapter of John today. We're going to be reading the first seven verses here. And this is a story that I've preached from many times. It's probably my favorite phrase in the Bible. It is, I believe, the ultimate comeback to anything that anybody has to say in their life. Lots of times people say, well, this is the way I was born, or this is the way I am. Everybody always says, well, you know, I have a bad, uh, I have a bad temper because my dad had a bad temper and I got it from my dad, or I'm redheaded so I have a bad temper, or I'm blonde and so I don't, I'm not very smart, or whatever, you know. I was born, I was born this way. How many times in the world do you hear that argument? I was born this way, you know. And Jesus says, you've got to be born again. And I love that scripture, and I love what he says there. But as I looked at it this week, I saw it different than I'd ever seen it before. And I want to just share what the Lord kind of laid on my heart. So let's all stand today. And I want you to think about this guy, Nicodemus. He is coming to Jesus... I believe he comes to Jesus maybe not even as an equal, but I think he probably sees himself above Jesus. Jesus is a small-town rabbi that is gaining some popularity, and people are wanting to hear what he has to say. And I think Nicodemus maybe wants to hear what he has to say. But when he approaches Jesus, it's interesting. The way that he approaches him he approaches him almost as equal or maybe even above. And uh, I want you to see that in this story, in this few verses. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees, Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus didn't ask him a question, but he gives him this answer. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And he's excited. You can, there's an ex- exclamation point there. And uh, I think by just what Jesus says, he's pretty astonished at what Jesus has said. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised. If you look in the other versions, it says you should not marvel. You should not be astonished. Nicodemus is astonished at what Jesus has said and how he has said it to him. He said, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. Let's pray. Lord, I pray today that we would hear what it means to be born again. And Father, it's not easy, and it's traumatic, and there's crisis involved. And Father, the giving up of the old is not easy. And Father, I'm afraid sometimes in the church we make being saved something that's an easy trip to the altar. But Father, your word says that repentance is hard, and that being born again is difficult. And it requires getting rid of what used to give us life and being filled with what will give us life forever. And Father, today I pray your word would speak and we would hear. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
When we tell this story in Bible school, we talk about Nicodemus meeting Jesus at night. He probably doesn't want anybody to see him with Jesus and probably doesn't want everybody to know that he's talking to Jesus. But I think it's interesting. He doesn't ask Jesus anything. He comes to Jesus, and when I say he comes to Jesus and thinking as equal or maybe even a little bit better, he, he talks to him as rabbi. He addresses him as rabbi. He is a teacher. And he says, I, I acknowledge the work that you're doing. Obviously, you're doing something that is being seen. The people are seeing it. It's real. I believe that it is from God. So he acknowledges him uh, as someone who is actually teaching and actually teaching truth. And uh, Nicodemus comes and, and, and doesn't ask Jesus any questions. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And there was always people coming and saying, what, what have I got to do to do that? And Nicodemus doesn't do that. Uh, he had, uh, the, the rich young ruler was asking questions like that, but Nicodemus doesn't ask questions. He is, Nicodemus, I want you to understand this. Nicodemus is completely at peace at where he is with God. He is completely at peace at where he is with God. He does not come to Jesus and ask the questions the rich young ruler asked. The rich young ruler had some questions in his life. He was wondering, am I doing enough? Am I where I need to be? Nicodemus believes he is exactly where he needs to be. If you ask the people, is Nicodemus where he needs to be? They would say, oh yeah, man. That guy's a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He is in the ruling class. He does all the right things. He keeps all the right ceremony. He is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And I want you to understand, Nicodemus is at peace with his walk with God. He thinks, I am right. And I want you to know that there are people around the world and all over America and in this town who are completely at peace even though Jesus isn't in their life. They're perfectly fine that Jesus hasn't spoken to them. They're perfectly fine that Jesus isn't leading their life. They feel comfortable where they're at. They're comfortable because they have wealth. They're comfortable because they have position. They're just comfortable in life. And they're not worried about anything. But Jesus hasn't spoke to them yet. And when Jesus speaks... He said, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. And when he talks about that, he's saying, I'm going to run a sword through every kind of peace that does not come from me. If your peace comes from wealth, Jesus is going to show you that there is no peace in wealth. If your peace comes from being known, he will show you, or, or popularity or whatever it is, Jesus will run a sword through that and say, that is not where you're going to get peace. If your peace comes from your family, if it comes from having your loved ones around you, Jesus is going to show you there is no peace in that. There is only peace through Jesus. Everything else is a farce. It's not real. Money will go away. People die. Family is not always there. Relationships do not always last. Jobs end. There is nothing you can count on in this world except Jesus. And Nicodemus is at perfect peace with where he is. 
He has dotted all the I's. He has crossed all the T's. He does all of the ceremony. He has done everything that the Word says He is supposed to do. He is a Pharisee. He is at peace. And He's not asking Jesus, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Because He thinks He's already there. And He just comes to Jesus as an equal and says, I've seen what you've done. I've heard what you've done. And it must be from God. And as I was thinking about this, I, I was reading this week, or I heard on the news or something or another, that LeBron James, uh, is a, he's a great basketball player. He really is. I don't much like him, but he's, he's a great basketball player. And uh, he's, he's, uh, he's just signed, I think, I think I'm correct. I'm not really much of a sports person, and you guys know this. But I think he's signed with the Lakers, and he's going to be making over $30 million a year. He's, he's pretty good at what he does. Somebody thinks he is. And I want you to imagine LeBron James. He is at the top of his game. The, the, the people that pay money say that he's at the top of his game. He is really good at what he does. Now, I want you to imagine an up-and-coming college player that is doing pretty well in college and people are starting to take notice to him and he's probably going to make it into the pros and he's up and coming and LeBron James comes to this guy and he comes to him and he goes, you know, I've seen what you've done in college and you're pretty good and there's no doubt that you've got some talent and I just want you to know I want to encourage you in what you're doing. You've got some talent. Now imagine this up and coming basketball player in college saying, you know what, LeBron James? You need to completely quit what you're doing. And you're doing it all wrong. Everything you've counted on, you're all wrong. Your shot, wrong. The way you dribble, wrong. You are dead wrong on everything. You need to completely give up what you're doing and start all over again. You've got no game whatsoever. And I want you to know that's what happens right here with Jesus. Jesus goes straight to the heart of Nicodemus and he says you got to be born again he says what you're doing with the with the ceremony with all this other stuff it is not going to get you into the kingdom of God and he speaks straight into his heart and he and we know I know and I had never seen this before in my life I had always been on this, I'd always talked and thought about the new creation and being born again, and that's part of it, but I'd never heard the rest of it. And twice he says to Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Anytime the Jews said anything twice, he actually says it three times. He says, anytime the Jews say something twice, it means they are emphatic about it. And then he says, why are you astonished at what I'm saying? Why do you marvel at what I'm saying? Nicodemus was astonished he'd said it to him. He was like, what? What, what? What are you talking about? And, and Jesus goes, what? Why are you astonished? What? Dude. What? And he says that. It says that in the message. No, he doesn't say that in the message. He says, dude, why does this amaze you? What is going on with you? He said, you should know. You're the, lead, you're the guy that teaches this stuff for crying out loud. And you are missing it. You are at peace in your ceremony. You are at peace in just reading the word. You're at peace with knowing about God. But you don't know God. And you've got to throw away everything you've done and do it over. You've got to be made new. You've got to be born again. And, and 
And Nicodemus is just taken aback by it. He, he, Jesus literally says, you're astonished at what I've said. And I think it's interesting that, that Nicodemus does not get it. Jesus has to speak into his life what's going on. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, do you know that Jesus never said one thing to Zacchaeus about who he was and what he was doing? Zacchaeus was probably was thought of as the worst person in all of Judea. In all of Jew, 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 if you were a Jew, he was the baddest one. He was just, he was crooked. He was always stealing. He was a Jew, but he was working for the Romans, and they just, and they just hated him. And he was. Jesus does not come to Zacchaeus and say, you're doing everything wrong. He is just around Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus goes, I'm doing everything wrong. He's just around him. But when he comes to Nicodemus, Nicodemus thinks he's doing everything right. And Jesus comes right to him and says, look, dude, you're all backwards. And Nicodemus is like, because he was at peace with where he was. And folks, today I believe there's probably some folks here that are perfectly content where you are. You got a good job. You got a nice wife. You got a couple of nice kids. You go to the games. You are the picture of what the world says Christianity should be. You don't cheat on your taxes. You don't cheat anybody. You don't lie. You don't steal. Your kids are good in school. When you, when you take your kids to school, the teachers are like, oh, I'm so glad I've got them in class. And according to who you are and what the world says is great, you are at perfect peace with that. Everything's going good. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus says, you're all wrong. You cannot do it on who you are. You cannot do it on who your family is. You cannot do it on your standing in the community. You cannot do it about what people think of you. And everybody can look at you and say, man, they're a great family. They're a great person. He's got a great business. He's doing a great job. He pays all of his bills. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Man, they're great. Because that's what they were saying about Nicodemus. And Jesus goes... You're all backwards. You're all backwards. He says, dude, you've got to be born again. It's not about who you know. It's not about what you know. It's not about what you do. You've got to be made new. And as I listened to this and looked at this and read this, I, was, I started thinking, what is Jesus trying to say here? Other than, if, you know, he said we need to be made new again, and I understand that. And I get that. But why doesn't he say you just need to be made new again? Why didn't he just say, you need to be created over again? And he is saying that, but he says twice. He says, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. And I want you to understand here that he is telling Nicodemus, there is nothing in you worth saving. Do you understand that? That That hurts. And I want you to know that if Jesus says that to Nicodemus, the best of the best, 
He was the best humanity had to offer. Nicodemus was it. As far as humanity had to give, Nicodemus would have had to have been the night. He's not talking to Adolf Hitler here. He ain't talking to Zacchaeus. He's talking to the best that humanity could produce. And he says, there is nothing in you worth saving. There's nothing that I can take and say, this is something I can work with. He says, we need to scrap the whole thing. I think lots of times that Jesus, that we think Jesus comes and, and, and we're like the rich young ruler and he says, oh, you got to, is there anything that I need to do? Is there something I need to work on? Is there a part in my life? Jesus does not work on what we have. He says, nope, we're going to start all over. You've got to be born again. You've got to be created new. And we say, oh, well, I'm really, I'm pretty talented. I have things that you need. And you know, and I'm, I'm sure Nicodemus was thinking, you know, I think of all the great sermons I could preach. I'm a great preacher. And Jesus goes, no, nah, I don't need that. I, I know the law. I am very well respected. I have a lot of pull in this community. And when I say something, people move. And, and Jesus, you need that. And Jesus goes, no. Jesus is not into rebuilding. Jesus does not remodel. He is not a remodeler. He's new construction only. Only new construction. And he says, you've got to be born again. Not only do you have to be created again, but there's something that has to happen to you. There is a process that has to happen to you to get you where I need you to be. And it is the born process. And I thought, why doesn't he just say, why does he say born? He keeps saying born. He says, I tell you the truth, no one can come to the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and you should not be surprised when I say you should be born again. Three times he says you need to be born again, born again, born again. There is something there that Jesus thinks is pretty important because he says it three times. You ever tell your kids something three times? You ever not tell your kids something three times? I think it would be a win if you... We had our granddaughters with us this last week. Great day. <laughs> they can't hear nothing. Or they don't want to hear nothing. You got to tell them... And I remember, I remember when Landon and Lindsay was little. I'd say, hey, go do this. Go do... Hey, go do... This. Hey. And then finally I would say, how many times am I going to have to tell you to do this? If it's 50, I'm going to do it right now. Go do this, go do this, go do this, go do this. You know, and then they go, okay, dad, you're so dumb. I'm going to go do it, you know. Jesus says three times. Why does he tell Nicodemus three times? It's important. You've got to be born again. So I said, what is, what is it? So I got on the Google. And I typed in, what happens when you're born? What is the process of being born? What happens in birth? You know, we think, you know, you know, you go and, you know. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too graphic, but we all, know what, we all know what happens. And I was like, why? Why does he say that? Why does he talk like that? And I'm not going to get terribly graphic, but here's the deal. There's a reason we're born the way we're born. There's a, there's a, physical reason that we go through the birth canal and we are squished the the head of us is 
not solid when we're born so that it can be squished. That's why when your kids are born, they got cone heads. I mean, they come out and you're like, what? What? And the nurses are all like, oh, they'll be okay. You know? <laughs> but they do, they're head. But I, I got to reading and I was like, what? What, what, is this, what does this have to do with what Jesus is saying? And I'm sure you all know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. In the process, going through the birth canal, the baby is squished. I mean, and all you ladies have been like, doggone right it is. I've, I've, seen, I've, I've seen what happened. I don't want to be any part of it, but it, that, it's, it's, it's not good. And there's a reason they're squished. And in that process, it's, it's, it's crisis. Because everything that that baby has held on to and has lived and has given it life, all of a sudden it's gone. As it passes through the crisis, everything that gave its life, that the, the liquid that was in its lungs before, that it could breathe 10 seconds ago, all of a sudden... That ain't working anymore. That's gone. Everything's gone. And now not only is that liquid that that gave it life 10 minutes ago is now poison to it. The thing it depended on and the thing that it drew everything from, now it's poison. And the process of that squishing pushes all that out. And it's got to come out or that baby's going to die. And the process of being born squeezes everything that that baby depended on before, that that baby needed before, and it pushes all of that out so that when it comes out, it can get real life. (gasps) And if you don't think that's right, the first thing they do, if that has not happened, is they suck their lungs to get all that stuff. Because what once gave them life, If it don't get out of them, it'll kill them. And Jesus says, you've got to go through a crisis. And I was like, what? And Jesus says, you have to go through a crisis of being born again to where I've got to squish everything that you held on to that was giving you life before, everything that you drew life from, everything that you thought was, and he was telling Nicodemus, everything that you thought was, Worked and everything that you thought you knew and everything that you was hooked to with religion, I've got to get that out of you. And you can only depend on me. And if you've got the least little bit, if you're holding on to the least little bit of what you thought would give you life or what once did give you life. See, he thought, he lived this. He said, this, this, this religion gives me life. The, the fact that people know me, I'm drawing life from that. The fact that I'm a big deal, I draw life from that. I love this. I'm, I'm a perfect piece with this. I'm well taken care of. Everything's growing good. And he was drawing his life from all of that. And Jesus says, I have got to get you in a place, not only where you're recreated, but I have to take you and squish every bit of that out of you or it will kill you. You've got to go through the born-again process. And it's a crisis. And I think at times that we have made 
getting saved or conversion or whatever it is, we have made it into something to where it is I go and I say a few words, it's almost like I just say, if I say the right thing, then I'm saved. I want you to know Jesus doesn't talk like that ever. John the Baptist doesn't talk about like that ever. He talks about repentance. And he talks, Jesus talks about, I've got to squeeze everything that you've held on to and given you life. I've got to get that out of you so that real life can get into you. He says, I've got to get all the sin out of you. I've got to get everything that you've held on to, that you've thought gave you life. And, and, and today, that is my job, my popularity, my finances, my family, whatever it is that I say that, that, I, that, I, that I draw life from, he says, that has got to go. You can only draw life from me. Now, can I still have my family? Sure. But I can't worship them. Can I still have a job? I better. Jesus says we're supposed to work. But I don't worship. I don't draw my being. I don't draw myself from that. I don't draw my identity from that. And when I start doing that and drawing my life from that, that that I draw life from, that I used to draw life from, will kill me. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you what. I've watched enough kids be born. Just mine, but that was four. And I watched them when they came forth and they turned them kids upside down and they started patting them on the back and they got them big old suction things and pulled that stuff out. And they're sitting there hacking and coughing and carrying on. And they... And then they... And then... And I'm telling you, them nurses are adamant that everything comes out. Everything that once, that just a few seconds ago gave them life has to get out. Or it'll kill them. Folks, this is a, this is a crisis. This isn't just God, please forgive me for all my sins. It's God's take all that out of me and let me just draw everything in life from you. It's a crisis. I want us to stand this morning. Lance, I want us to come. I want you to come. I want Can you sing what we sang this morning, come to the altar? Can you sing that? I was reading Oswald Chambers this week and he said thousands of people are at complete peace where they are. They're just fine. They're drawing their life from their job or they're drawing their life from their whatever they draw life from, whatever we draw life from, whatever from school. Some people have their purposes is doing good in school or doing good at sports or 
doing being good at whatever, and that's what we draw life from. I, I went. <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous. I went to a 5K yesterday. I know you're thinking, what? What were you doing at a 5K? I walked it. Okay. There was a lady there, and she was just completely engrossed in that race drawing her worth and her being from how good I do at this race and I look at that and I think well that's kind of weird but I'm the same way I draw my worth from I can I can do that I can draw it from my my job or I can draw it from my kids or I can draw it from what I do or I can draw it from my wealth or whatever it is I can do the same thing and I want you to know this morning that because you know, we can, see, we can see Jesus. When he talks to Zacchaeus, we're like, yeah, that guy needs Jesus. But if he speaks like this to Nicodemus, there's none of us in this room got a chance. I guarantee you there ain't nobody in here as good as what Nicodemus was. Nobody. And Jesus speaks to the very worst and here I think he was speaking to the very best humanity had to offer. And he said, you've got to chuck the whole thing. You've got to start all over and you've got to draw your life from me. And I'm telling you, it's a crisis. Because I like that stuff. He's saying, I've got to squish out everything that you've drawn your life from and it's got to be your life has to be drawn from me. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know that Jesus speaks through his word. And I think there's probably some people here this morning. That Jesus is saying, you need to be born again. You need to go through this. There's some stuff in you that I need to squish out. There's a, there's a habit or there's something in your life that you know good and well that is killing you. And you need to get it out today. You have, something, you have something in your life. There's, there's something that you're holding on to and you're drawing life from that. Whatever it is, I need to squish that out. You need to be born again and draw everything from me and not from the world. You say, Pastor, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what that is in your life. But three times he says, you've got to be squished. Everything that's bad in you has to come out. Anything that you draw life from other than me has got to come out so that I can come in. The word spoke to you this morning. You need to come and pray. You need to be born again. You need to be squished. The Lord spoke to you. Come and pray this morning as we sing.